but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrew DeFrancesco. We're back with another regular episode discussing a topic that has been on everyone's minds lately, AI. But before we dive further into today's episode, let's first run through the major events and highlights that have happened since our previous episode. On November 24th, Avril released a holiday collection of merch on her website, including two new sweatsets and a onesie, plus a Christmas stocking and ornament from the previous year's holiday collection. Prior to Avril's induction into Canada's Walk of Fame, the newspaper Napanee Today interviewed two local musicians, David Archibald and Stephen Med, who had worked with Avril before she became famous. Archibald revealed that Avril had sung backup vocals on a song called Nothing But The Wind on his album Spirit of the Inland Sea, released in 2000. On December 2nd, Avril was inducted into Canada's Walk of Fame. She attended the ceremony in Toronto with her mother, Judy. Country star Shania Twain did the introduction, while Avril's ex-husband and Sum 41 frontman Derek Wibley and singer Shawn Mendes both made appearances. Canadian rocker Fifi Dobson performed a tribute of Skater Boy. The full ceremony aired on CTV on December 16th. In an interview with eTalk, Avril confirmed she has been writing lots of songs and that she plans to release new music next year, but does not have a set release date. She also confirmed a tour, but it is unknown if she is referring to her run of festival dates or a proper world tour. On December 7th and 8th, Instagram reels were uploaded by the retailer Hot Topic featuring Avril and Travis Barker's song Landon shopping at a Hot Topic store. Avril also announced more festival shows for 2024, including Arena Pula in Pula, Croatia on June 17th, the Pink Pop Festival in the Netherlands on June 21st, Cardiff Castle in Cardiff, UK on July 2nd, and Castlefield Bowl in Manchester on July 3rd with Simple Plan as the opening act, the Rock Rockwater Festival in Belgium on July 6th, the Main Square Festival in Arras, France on July 7th, the Mad Cool Festival in Madrid, Spain on July 13th, and International de Montegolfias in Quebec, Canada on August 17th. And now let's get into today's topic. Over the last year, there's been one topic that has plagued the news cycle more than any other, artificial intelligence, better known as AI. AI has impacted every industry from communications to healthcare to education, and the music and entertainment industry is no exception. The key question I'm here to explore today is how exactly we can expect artificial intelligence to impact the music industry, and more specifically, how will Avril herself be affected? Before we explore further on this topic, let's back up a bit and explain what artificial intelligence actually is and how it's currently being used. Artificial intelligence can come in many forms, but it's essentially a form of computer technology that is able to answer questions, solve problems, and superimpose images or audio by using data that is fed to it by the user. ChatGPT is one of the most commonly used AI platforms currently. The more data the computer is fed, the smarter it gets. So for example, you could give ChatGPT a prompt like, write me a biography of Avril Lavigne, and it would run through the various articles available online about Avril and summarize the details that each article shares in common. The more articles and information there is, the more accurate the report can be. You might be wondering why people would use this type of artificial intelligence. While there are drawbacks to this technology, there's also many benefits. If you tried to write a biography about Avril yourself, it would likely take several hours, but a computer can do it in minutes. AI is a huge time saver and also allows the user to spend their time and attention working on something else that maybe the AI can't do as easily. When it comes to music, AI was famously used very recently to help create the final Beatles song. Beatles frontman Paul McCartney had found an old cassette recording of a song written and sung by John Lennon called Now and Then, and wanted to record the song properly back in the 90s with the band's remaining members. However, technology back then wasn't nearly advanced enough to get a clear recording out of the demo tape, and the project was abandoned for several years up until now. 
With the aid of artificial intelligence, the computer was able to separate out John's vocal take from the piano instrumental and clean up the quality so that a new instrumental could be recorded, but with John's voice layered over it. Artificial intelligence was able to help create a brand new song, combining the voices of both living and deceased members of the band. You may have also seen examples of AI being used to create covers of other artists' songs. For example, you can find a YouTube video of Avril singing a cover of Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. How is this accomplished? The user feeds the computer data of Avril's vocal performances, whether it's studio recordings, live performances, or a mix of both, then asks it to apply the data to the Britney Spears song. The result is an idea of what Avril would potentially sound like if she tried to sing the song in real life. Many times, it's pretty clear it's not really Avril as you can definitely hear parts that sound more robotic than others, or you can hear parts of the original singer's voice still intact. But it gives you a general sense of what it could sound like. Once again, the more data you give it, the more accurate the result. Another way AI has been used in music is to write songs. So for example, you can ask ChatGPT to write an Avril-style song and it'll research the lyrics of Avril's songs, find a general theme that is commonly used, such as angst or heartbreak, and draft its own lyrics that sound like something Avril might write. This calls into question the idea of ethics. Avril has frequently expressed how she sometimes struggles to write lyrics, especially for the verses of songs. Would she ever utilize AI to help her write songs? Do you have to provide credit if you use AI to help you write a song? How do you give writing credit and song royalties to a machine? Is it ethical for Avril to use a computer to help her write music? How would you personally feel if you found out Avril used AI to help her write a song? Would it change your opinion of her as an artist? Is it okay for her to use it to generate ideas, as long as she changed some of the lyrics to her own work? What is the impact of using AI to write songs on songwriters who make their living from writing? Do you think using AI diminishes the quality of the song or its emotional impact? Would you ever buy a song or album from Avril that was completely AI-generated? The use of artificial intelligence to aid in tasks such as writing or cleaning up old sound recordings is actually a good thing, provided the results are always reviewed and approved by human eyes and ears. And using it as a tool to experiment making cover songs is mostly harmless fun. But like with any other technology, there's a dark side. While artificial intelligence can be enormously helpful when an artist is experiencing writer's block or just needs an idea to get the creative juices flowing, some industry experts, such as singer-songwriter and best-selling author of Logic Pro for Dummies, Graham English, have expressed concerns that AI-generated music may, quote, reinforce existing biases and stereotypes in the music industry, such as gender, race, and cultural stereotypes. An article by Talia Smith-Muller this past August for Berkeley College of Music cites the example of an AI rapper named FN Mecca, who was signed by Capital Music Group in 2022 and subsequently dropped for perpetuating racial stereotypes. Ben Camp, associate professor of songwriting at Berkeley, says one of the main concerns is garbage in, garbage out. If we train these language models or these image generators or these music generators on data that is inherently biased, inherently racist, then whatever we ask for is going to perpetuate those stereotypes. We need to make sure that we've got good data going in and that we're monitoring it. The article goes on to say that monitoring this data comes at a high cost to the mental health of those who are responsible for training the machine, a process known as reinforcement learning, which involves humans helping the machine to filter out disturbing content. This basically involves giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down to the answers, says Camp. Is this an appropriate answer? Is this too violent or graphic or disturbing? OpenAI has contracted out this work to people in Kenya, paying them $2 an hour to read through these answers. So imagine that you get paid $2 an hour to show up at work and read some of the most horrific, psychologically disturbing text, and you do this for 10 hours, and then you go home and all that's running around in your brain. So there's a lot of downsides to how the sausage gets made currently, end quote. 
Another disturbing aspect to AI is that it doesn't just understand how to take data and churn out results. It can also use predictive technology to fill in gaps, such as filling out the background in a photo. But the even crazier thing is that it can create artwork or visuals using actual artists' existing work. For example, you can ask it to generate a concept for a music video for Avril's song Avalanche, and it will most likely come up with an image of Avril sitting on a snowy mountaintop or something very similar. This has created an issue with artists who disapprove of the use of their images to create AI-generated artwork without compensation. But it doesn't just extend to visual artwork. Another infamous example of unauthorized use of an artist's intellectual property occurred in April of this year when an AI-generated song called Heart on My Sleeve went viral, which used AI versions of the voices of chart-topping artists Drake and The Weeknd. In March of this year, the U.S. Copyright Office launched an initiative to address exactly this question concerning copyright with music created by artificial intelligence. In the article written by Talia Smith-Muller for Berkeley College of Music, Ben Camp says the answer is not so clear-cut due to the outdated copyright system we have to work within. Camp says the series of laws and precedents that ended up with our modern copyright system just do not fit with what's going on in music right now. I do think that creators should have attribution and should be credited and should receive compensation. But again, the whole system that we're doing this through is way outdated, end quote. The article goes on to say, quote, Legally, AI music is still in a gray area, and it raises the question of whether there can be a compromise where artists are credited, compensated, and consenting to having their work or likeness used for AI without limiting the potential for musical creativity using AI technology. To a certain extent, art is derivative of other art, and in this current moment, it's blurry what is inspiration and what is stealing. Some record companies are starting to fight back, end quote. This is exactly what Universal Music Group did after the release of the fake Drake and Weekend track. They took immediate action once the song racked up millions of streams and removed it from streaming platforms, setting intellectual property concerns, according to an article by Joe Coscarelli for the New York Times. In a statement, the company asked which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on, the side of artists, fans, and human creative expression, or on the side of deepfakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation, end quote. So if someone can create an entire song using an artist's singing voice, imagine what else these AI platforms can do. It gets even more nefarious when you might ask it to create a sound recording using Avril's speaking voice, accompanied by a script. Take a listen to the following clip taken from a video on YouTube. Hey, Evan, it's me, Avril. Um, I know yesterday was a little awkward, but I really care about you. Just not in that way. I'm also dating Derek, and yeah... I'm sorry, Evan. I love you more like a brother, and I don't want anything getting in the way of that. That sounded pretty real, didn't it? I almost thought so, too. But when you consider the likelihood of anyone obtaining a private voicemail from Avril and from well over 20 years ago, well, it seems pretty fishy. It just goes to show you how real AI can make things sound if you don't know any better. A fan creating a fake voicemail for fun is relatively innocuous, but as we've seen all too often lately, fake audio clips can potentially be used for much more devious purposes to make celebrities or political figures say certain things to sway public opinion, for better or worse. In the wrong hands, someone could potentially try to make Avril look bad or say something offensive. All of this might lead you to wonder, how do I know what's really Avril and what's AI-Avril? Unfortunately, as the technology develops faster and faster, it's going to become smarter and smarter, and therefore harder to tell what's real and what isn't. The technology and general phenomenon of AI is still so new that lawmakers are only just beginning to scratch the surface of how to handle these matters. This also doesn't take into account for laws that vary between different countries, which adds another layer of complexity to this dilemma. Perhaps in the future, it will be a requirement that any AI-generated content must be flagged, but this is not currently part of the system. 
For now, we can only trust and rely on our own brains to make the distinction for us. Always remember, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. If you come across something that Avril has supposedly said or done, but you can't find at least three credible sources reporting it, it's probably fake. Always look out for little imperfections in the details, like robotic noises and audio recordings, or inaccurate renderings of Avril's facial and bodily features. And last but not least, carefully consider the source where information is coming from, especially if it isn't from Avril herself, her official team, or close colleagues. As for whether or not we think AI could ruin Avril's career, it seems doubtful. Avril has a legacy of 20 years and counting under her belt, a string of hit songs, and millions of dedicated fans all across the world. Part of what makes Avril so popular and why she has resonated with fans of all ages and backgrounds is because of her authenticity as an artist. This is certainly not a quality any computer could ever replicate. Avril's fans are a passionate bunch who always have and always will support her and her art. However, it does call into question how artists, songwriters, or producers who are less known will fare in this environment. Avril has always loved teaming up with her close friends to help write and record her music, and that likely won't change. But up-and-coming artists, or artists who are on smaller labels with less of a production budget, may not be so lucky. There's many types of AI applications that can help create music tracks or beats, such as Boomi and BandLab Songstarter, as well as apps that can master a recorded track such as Lander. Ordinarily, hiring producers, professional songwriters, and audio engineers would cost thousands of dollars. While these AI tools may make creating music on a professional level more accessible to those who can't afford the hefty price tag, particularly independent artists, it runs the risk of potentially putting these types of professionals out of work. Where Avril is concerned with all this gets even more interesting. At the time of this recording, Avril is signed with DTA Records, a label founded by Blink-182 drummer Travis Barker. The label is a joint venture between Barker and Elektra Entertainment, which is in and of itself owned by Warner Music Group. In an article written by Atan Blessing for The Hollywood Reporter from May of this year, Warner CEO Robert Kinsel said AI tools could be, quote, properly harnessed to transform the music industry, and that when it comes to generating AI, it needs to be put in proper context. Framing it only as a threat is inaccurate. AI is just like any emerging technology. There will be challenges and opportunities, and with a proper expertise, it will be a powerful tool for the music industry, end quote. The article goes on to say that Warner Music will look to enforce the copyrights for its artists and songwriters, as well as develop AI tools to expand the music output and careers of the label's artists and songwriters. Whether Avril is among this group or not remains to be seen. It's worth noting, however, that the article written by Talia Smith-Muller for Berklee College of Music cites a study done by the music distribution company Ditto, which found that 60% of surveyed artists use AI in their music projects, while only 28% said they would not use it for music purposes. Many industry experts seem to embrace the idea of AI technology in music, so long as it's done with thought and care and never goes over the line of what each individual artist is comfortable with. Where that line falls with Avril is impossible to say, since she hasn't personally spoken up on the topic, but I think it isn't out of the realm of possibilities for her to experiment with AI to assist with tasks such as brainstorming ideas for song lyrics when needed, generating instrumental tracks, or finishing the mixing and mastering process of songs. But a full album completely written and sung by an AI version of Avril? highly unlikely. There's also a phenomenon of AI being used in live performance settings, mostly for visual and lighting effects. For example, according to a LinkedIn article from April of this year written by Andy Donnelly, founder and CEO of Coast Entertainment Limited, AI can actually analyze the audience's mood and behavior to adjust lighting and sound accordingly. So if the audience seems to be growing bored or restless, AI can adjust the lighting to create a more energetic atmosphere or increase the volume of the music to get the crowd's energy back up. 
AI can also be used to create 3D animations and graphics that can be projected onto the stage or surrounding screens to create a more immersive experience. It can also be used to create virtual and augmented reality experiences that allow the audience to interact with the performers and the environment. That all sounds perfectly well and good, and likely something Avril might use if she isn't already. But it gets stranger. AI can also be used to create virtual performers or enhance the performance of human performers. For example, AI can be used to create realistic virtual avatars of performers that can perform alongside humans. AI can also be used to enhance the vocals of a singer, such as a microphone with built-in auto-tune, or the sound of an instrument to create a more polished performance. Lastly, the article mentions that AI can enable more interactive and engaging experiences for the audience, such as AI-powered chatbots being used to interact with the audience members and provide real-time feedback to the act about their performance. Virtual performers and real-time feedback? Avril has always been proud to call herself a professional rocker and loved immersing herself in the rock and roll scene. She has admitted to being a bit out of the loop with modern technology. I have a difficult time envisioning a scenario in which she'd ever employ technology like this during her concerts. She has always expressed her passion for performing live on stage, and she has never lip-synced to pre-recorded tracks. Mistakes are often made, such as forgetting lyrics, but she has always gone with the flow of the performance and pushed through any mishaps. She has never been about making each performance feel perfect or relied on heavily scripted and choreographed productions. She simply loves to sing and to connect with her fans through her personal lyrics. In the rare instances she has been sick while touring, she has either pushed on or postponed for another time when she's back at her best. As someone who has gotten to see Avril in concert twice, there is no possible way she or the fans would be satisfied with watching a hologram version of Avril perform under these circumstances. Nothing can replace the real person performing right in front of your very eyes. She makes a special effort to interact with all her fans, no matter how close or far they are in the audience. Feeling seen by your favorite singer when she waves to you in the audience and getting to sing along with the songs you know and love all together in the same room is a part of the human experience that no machine will ever be able to replicate. All we can do for now is to pay close attention to what Avril does for her future albums and live shows. It's pretty safe to say that at the end of the day, she's a traditionalist and loves putting pen to paper to write her songs, record music with her close friends, and put on a show for her fans that makes them feel like they're part of her crazy rock star world. The human connection that music and live performance creates is one of a kind, just like Avril herself. It's not out of the question that she might utilize certain tools to accomplish the more mundane tasks that go into making music, but for the more authentic parts of creating art that really count and really matter, I think we can say, see you later, boy, to AI Avril. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and that it's given you some food for thought. There's honestly so much more about this topic I could have dived into and so much research being conducted about it that we are still learning about. I'd love to hear what you think of the idea of Avril using AI technology in her music. You can drop me a comment on Instagram at bestdamnavrilpod, or if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer the Q&A poll. I'll also have the links to the articles I mentioned down in the show notes if you'd like to do any further reading. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you can get new episodes directly in your feed. And please take a minute to leave a rating or review to help more fans find the show. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. And you can also find me on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod to keep up with the latest podcast news. Have a safe and warm holiday season from the Best Damn Avril Levine Podcast. The Best Damn Avril Levine Podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andrea DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.